Sour. I'm cream. I'm Anne. And I'm onion. He's dead. So oh my god! Welcome to the Sour Cream and Podcast. Legend of Korra, I said something. Legend of Korra is I said something. Shit. My audacity oh. caught it. I just it whispered. Come through Discord. I went, and I'm onion. It didn't oh, come there through Discord. I was so onion, confused. Have you become the ghost? Have we traded places? Oh no. Damn. Welcome to the Sour Cream speaking and of, Podcast. Speaking uh, of ghosts, today in my apartment, I had, we think the one light bulb, the ghost does Morse code with our light bulb because it's like, looks like it's saying Morse code. This is a side point. Is he, he's like, <laughs> do any of you uh, know Morse code? No, but I, I should learn it because we were asking questions and then it would start and then we're like, we don't understand Morse code. And then it completely stopped whatever it was doing. Yeah, dude. <laughs> It's, it's a really weird way you. of communicating with the dead because left is uh we forgot our Ouija board so yeah. yeah. Well, you don't need a Ouija board. It did Morse code. If you understood it, it's like <laughs> yeah, but with a Ouija board, out. you can communicate with text and stuff oh, that's like true. that. True. <laughs> it's just like send tit pics. Yeah. Please. Well, I mean, you could always get a Luigi board. Um, they're off brand, but they're better than nothing. You know what? I think hey, I'll be Mario, far calmer you got this Luigi if we used a, a Luigi board instead of a Ouija board. <laughs> Unless yeah. you're talking Dude, about would... the, the Ouija character that was popular around like 2012 or 2009. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. The old that's... YouTube poop character. Yeah, that is a deep cut. But um, Zoomers like this. Yeah. <laughs> if we had if we had a, that Ouija board, I have a feeling we'd be a bit more content. But no. yeah. Oh, anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Um, topics. Drop it. All right. FLCL. I, I talked about this before on the podcast, but I want to talk about it again. Sorry for totally just like, like, mm-hmm. un, like just underhanding everything you guys are about to say, because screw you guys. Unceremoniously um, just dropping the whole ghost thing. We're not even going to the fact that there's yeah. a ghost communicating through Morse code in their light bulb. Let's save it Dude, for Halloween. Which is I have amazing. a bunch of ghosts all around me all the time. <laughs> we'll return to this on our Halloween episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Cream will actually have to visit us for Halloween, so yes. we will Spooky. communicate through Morse code to yes. the ghosts. We'll, we'll, in fact, all of us will visit, and then... Oh, yeah, all of us. We'll all be in one collective area, and then we're going to have the ghost scanner, and it's going to be like... I'm like, oh my goodness, it says it's going to kill us. we got to go. And it's like, no, that was just... Uh, who are you going to call? AM radio static. Ghostbusters. I don't think whatever device we use to scan ghosts will make for very good podcast material because you're just going to have this beeping in the background of the whole time. And then yeah. if the ghost does attack us, all you all you hear is sound. You just hear like wood cracking or something and everyone's screaming and freaking out. It's not the same if you don't get to see it. 
Yeah. What if one of true. us talks to the ghost and we just confirm we're the narrator? You know what I mean? Like, you make a pact with the ghost. Like, I'm the narrator, okay? I gotta be telling mm-hmm. what's happening. I want a ghost, ghost friend. respect you. <laughs> so don't head. attack me. Attack <laughs> everyone else. I'm narrating. Friend. And you will, your power <laughs> will be even larger because more people will hear how powerful and how much of a boss you are. So the ghost will be like, oh yeah, we're tight. We're tight. <laughs> Yeah, but what if they're kind of low-key and man. shy, and then they only attack the narrator? <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. They're like, dude, this is just between us. This is a very intimate thing, and I don't appreciate you broadcasting it to the world, and now I'm going to haunt you and destroy your house. Yeah. <laughs> Capiche? I'm going to take all your freaking Twilight collection. No! <laughs> That's right. No. We're gonna crack each one of these CDs slowly in front of your face. I don't think anyone in that house has a Twilight collection. Years. We should get Cream to watch Twilight. Oh, Why are we no. watching? Well, Definitely. that's punishing us. Bro. Well, eventually well, we're gonna have to watch bad movies. Eventually. Yeah, but there's some good bad movies. Like, I think we should say, let's own. save the room for I don't know April Fool's Day. <laughs> Uh, I think that would be like an episode 100 or episode 50 sort of deal, like a big special number. Yeah. That's when we'll do anyway, movie, like The Room. S- speaking of watching <laughs> things, we were going to talk about the best anime ever made ever, Fully Cooly. Yeah, oh, exactly. Boy. Until you cucks interrupted me. So anyway, Fully Cooly was an amazing anime made in 2006. And it, dude, the art on that, I would not say believe it was made in 2006. Wait, was, uh, wait, 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 wait. 2006? Yeah, it was 2006. Wait, According what? To the go- How the wrong. hell are you a fully cool? It's two thousand. It no, it came. I knew it. It came out two thousand. Yeah, it didn't come out. Not two thousand six. Get your dates what? right. Get, shut up. It came out in the year two thousand. Oh, no, that, that was the that was the other one. Never mind. Oops. Forget everything. Yeah, the I just garbage. Said. Fully <laughs> Cooley was a. Shh, fully right. Cooley was an amazing. Corrections and updates, Fully Cooly was not released in 2006. It was released uh, in Japan from April 2000 to March 2001. That is correct. So, we are older than Fully Cooly, but by like a little bit. I'm a bit older than Fully Cooly. It did debut in America in 2003 through Adult Swim. That's Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, this show is heavily uh, heavily associated with like the millennial anime fans and stuff. Even yes. though, as a newer fan, Fully Cooly, it just blew me away when I watched it, and it blows me away every time I watch it can, again. Can yeah. I make a confession? Does it, does it actually blow you? Okay. That's really dope. What? I actually, I know I watched part of Fully Cooly, but I don't really have memory of it. Like, I have memory of, I think, one episode, but I don't it's really remember Fully where... Cooly, and I think is, it's probably because I think I watched it when I was around eight. Wow. Yeah, it's the anime right. where um, a 17-year-old yeah, high like, school student. I, I was thinking about Fully Cooly, and I'm like, do I remember anything from Fully Cooly? I remember the horn on his yeah. head, and that's mm-hmm. my memory. And also that's the one it? person kind of being creepy towards a child, and I was like, that's a large age gap. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to get to that. We'll get <laughs> that's to that's a pretty we'll big age to- gap right so there. Describe Call the police. So, so would you I'm- mind if we spoiled it? <laughs> No, yeah, you're fine. You're valid. You're good. All right, good, yeah, good, good, good. I know okay, about cool, things. Because cool, cool. we're going good, to spoil good, good, it anyway. Anyway. Um, but, sour. Yeah. 
Yeah, thank you. I, I thank you for presenting me so nicely. Um, like I was saying, it's the anime where about underage minors wanting to fuck each one another. So love it. Got to got to watch more of it. All right. For on a real note, though, I feel like um definitely because I know Onion, you're talking about a lot because one of your favorite animes. And honestly, when I rewatched it, like I like stopped. I took back. I like stepped back on my cynical view i was not stupid like slap jawed and all and shocked by a 17 year old coming on a 12 year old and a 12 year old wanting to have a relationship with a freaking 27 year old but um i was i was just like all right you know what i'm actually going to like maybe like try to look for the like more subtle themes and stuff of this anime and like look into it more and like the best way to describe it is a like anime of like kids learning to grow up and mature and understand like their like um feelings their internal drive that primal feeling to fuck somebody um in love yeah but it was definitely of uh growing up and the main protagonist what was his name again i can't remember um um nauta nauta that's his name the main kid so it's this young boy in elementary school and fun fact elementary school is actually middle school in america but it's called elementary school in japan because it goes from elementary school which is middle school then middle school which is high school and high school which is college which is super dumb and confusing i'm like what hell, heck Wait, else is the other isn't stuff it okay this elementary school goes up to sixth grade there i think so no it's only to sixth grade middle America, school goes up to ninth grade in japan and then like upper year when they apply to high schools it's only three years so it's three not year colleges that's nice. College isn't high school isn't considered college in Japan. No, but but like high school isn't middle school. Like you worded right. it in a way that's not what Japan does. Yeah. Um. Okay. Thank you. So, <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. It was very very nice of you to just freaking woke me out. <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, like, what? Um, uh, I do have a, a a giant list of school grades from Wikipedia that I can go into. Thank for you. And updates. Just more. Well, please. Uh, just once you've made your point, I'll let you, I will let you make your point first. OK, thank you. The show. Like I was <laughs> the show. Yes, I was trying to focus on that. I got too caught up in the school aspect of it. Um. But yes, it starts off with this um girl and putting herself on this on our protagonist, which is this young uh, younger boy who's uh what sixth grade, twelve years old, whatever. I don't know what. I think he's twelve. I think he's twelve, so it's eighth grade. Um, and uh, say it was eighth grade. That's so <laughs> it's the, it and it doesn't explain anything at the start too. So you just come off really confused. You're just like, what the heck is happening? But like um. It does like if you actually like take like closely like listen to, well not listen because usually you have you better watch it like subbed you can watch it dubbed it does pretty good too but subbed is superior by far um so if you actually read it for the most part like it is um it does actually like it's not as confusing as people say and I definitely like understood like oh like even coming into this again when I was actually reading it like the second time around like I can definitely I understand the story a little bit better. And also, it does help the fact that I watched it twice over. It really does help. But, um, so, the reason why this uh, younger girl is impressing herself on this young boy is because that the main protagonist, this young boy, 
is the younger brother, or has a has an older brother. <laughs> Shit, I can't know how to explain this. Uh, he has an older brother who's in baseball, and that other girl like obsessed and really liked him, and now she impresses all her feelings of love and lust onto him, which is just really creepy. But whatever. It's going sad. going forward, we meet this guy's family. Well, actually, no. Oops, sorry, I skipped a very important part. So. So this girl is being super suspect as she always is, never changed. Um, this they're walking across this bridge. Suddenly, a crazy biker rider, whatever person, comes up, runs over this guy, pretty much hit and run, and thought he was dead. Comes back to find that he's alive, and then starts beating his head in with a guitar. A class material. Um. As continuing on, this guy then grows a freaking penis out of his head, which he has to put under a what is it tape a bandaid? He puts whatever. like a bandage over it. Yeah, he puts it under like an X bandaid, saying X going to give it to you. And then he went home to his family, which is a uh, was a pretty neat and had some really awesome animation when uh, <laughs> he was uh, meeting his family. And that crazy Riker woman came back. And was uh, their maid now, the family. And it was ridiculous, but it was a beautiful comic spread. I got to talk. All right. I'm going too much into the plot. And I yeah, I have a well feeling enough. we should like, just talk about our this- overall <laughs> feelings on the show. Yeah. Because yeah, otherwise we're going to run out of time okay. and we won't be able to discuss anything. Yeah. Oopsie yeah. poopsie. Yeah. Because all of this sounds like, I I'm remember this. Cool. We know what happens. Okay. Yes. I know what Yeah, exactly. Sorry. Sorry, everyone, for wasting. What was that? Three minutes? Yeah. I think it's like um, three so minutes. Here's, yeah, here's, Fine, we can, we can edit Here's stuff. my actual raw thoughts. So, story-wise, I, like, um, it's definitely about him growing up and facing, like, his feelings and understanding them. And it also is, like, a focus on this other character, which I guess was, uh, if there was a continuation of Fully Cool Leader, probably been a relationship development with, which is another female character that was not the protagonist. It's more of a side character, but she had one episode of a lot of development. And it was really uh, cool to see. It's like, and I was like, definitely reinforced the theme of uh, growth and youth growing, and understanding your feelings and whatever. Um, the art on the show is God blessed beautiful. Like I'm like two seconds from orgasming every five seconds when I'm watching the show. Then uh, the music is uh brought to us by the pillows and my goodness it like it works perfectly with the art style and this absolute zaniness of the show it's just amazing and it just flows so perfectly it's um guys just joe check out the pillows um i legit like they're one of my favorite bands now i've just been like listening like i just listen to them when i'm having a bad day because they're they're like upbeat like music and just very it's very loud uh, music, but it's very upbeat. It's definitely uh, more of a... What, what would you say it is, uh, Onion? Because I um, can't think of the exact... It's more like genre. power pop, alternative rock stuff. That's Okay, thank you. Like It's like loud alternative rock. I wouldn't say it's very it much ain't all that loud. It ain't all that loud. It, it, well, <laughs> the, the guitars are, I would say. Like, it's... It, I definitely... It's, it's not abrasively loud. It's it, really Yeah, it's nice not loud. grindcore, but it's... Uh, yeah. It's not... Um. I would say a fitting comparison would be like Weezer. So if you remember that song, actually that's oh, pretty good. Leo, I look just like Buddy Holly. Oh, oh, yes, guys, go check Tyler it out. It's Moore. some good. That it's song? some good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. No. Pillows. Yeah. Pillows. Amazing soundtrack. I got a rant incoming. 
about the soundtrack, about the the Spotify release of the soundtrack. Okay. Well, um, oh, can boy. I talk just a little bit? Like, I didn't really like get into the characters. At least keep going. To do that keep going. Outlines. Keep going. I got. I just um, got a rant boiling. So, okay. God bless my hubris because I can't remember his name. So this legit just didn't work out because I had this all set up and I was like, yes, I got this. I got the notes, but I didn't get the character names in. So bump me. But still, um, so whatever. The, the main protagonist, twelve year old, he's a um. So he's a very like at the start of of Fooly Cooly, he's very res- he's a very like reserved, very like cold and shut offish um young kid just trying to find himself, like uh, most young preteens are, and uh, he is a uh, let's see he's a uh, he like he really look he has an older brother that he absolutely looks up to, and his older brother is a baseball player, so he inspires to be him, but he never like learns to be himself. Cause he's like not good at baseball. He never wanted to swing a baseball bat, so he was just like, "Well, I want to just be like my bro, but I'm not good at baseball, and I'm just going to imagine I am." And so, uh, yeah, and he learned to be himself and grow up a little bit. He grew into himself, which was really nice. Um, there's also this of uh, the 17 year old chick that's also with him at the beginning. She is an absolute psychopath who is very intriguing because she's uh, an absolutely infatuated with this um the protagonist's brother. And so she takes, like I said earlier, she takes all her feelings and impresses them onto him. And it's uh, not creepy or weird at all. Uh, 17-year-old biting a 12-year-old's freaking ear. Um, and so continuing on, we have... Um, the protagonist's father, which runs a hot curry shop, and he's this. And the father is seems like a lax dude that when the first time you meet him, but then you realize that he's a zany horn dog. But he does have a really cool personality. Well, not not cool personality. He's not cool at all. But he has a very lively personality. He's very energetic and crazy and zany, like I said. And also his grandpa, which never really gets too much other mention in the show so we don't really we just skip over him then there's one of the other like um characters that gets a lot of screen time that's not exactly the main character i would say like very prominent side character i forgot her name but she carries around a guitar and she's also a psychopath harko um, yeah harko she's a psychopath and she has subliminal motives and she manipulates and controls everyone around her with uh, her female charms and also just using good mental timing manipulation, being a narc. Um, but you you learn at the end what she was gunning for, and yeah, you see that. Then, uh, let's see, another character. Oh yeah, the other character I was talking about that had that episode development that I kind of wish that they had more focus on her because she was interesting to me. Uh, I forgot her name as well, but she's one of the school schoolgirls that... Um, our protagonist goes to school with. I think it's Nina Mori. Decently well. Yeah, more. Yeah. There you go. And uh, you find out later in the show, she's also an FLCL too, or that's what they say, full and cool. She could spawn robots out of her head. She's a dickhead. And uh, that's pretty, pretty lit. I would go more into it, but I'm honestly starting to talk above my pay grade. So I'm going to just throw it over to Onion so he can rant because he probably has a lot more <laughs> formative stuff to say on it than I did. Well, I am very glad you enjoyed yes. the show. I'm very glad yes. you enjoyed it. Um, Thank you. 
pretty much thank, ditto thank you. for everything you said about how I feel about it. It's pretty much uh, it's very much a uh, Baldong's Roman or something uh, coming of age story. Um, I love the animation style. Some some stuff oh, that goodness. I thought was also really cool is that it spawned so much talent. And it was so experimental. Uh, yeah. The, it spawned it so much talent as far as like uh, artistically and stuff. So, for instance, really? the director of um, Gurren Lagann and uh, Kill La Kill. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, that does make sense. Uh, Imaishi, that's his name. Hiroyuki mm-hmm. Imaishi. He, uh, he directed the, the third episode, Brittle Bullet. The one where they have uh, the airsoft gun fight and everything. Mm-hmm. And this really Naoto's cool. dad uh, cosplays as a uh, as a Gestapo. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's like playing Wolfenstein or something. But um, Ta-da. I love all the I love all the designs. I love the soundtrack, obviously. But about that soundtrack, ooh, about that soundtrack. So yes, I remember I was. I was so hyped to find out that um, the soundtrack was finally released on Spotify because before it wasn't. Oh, was it? Yeah, you can get a. Uh, Fully Cooly original soundtrack. Oh. It's on Spotify well, or Apple Music or Tidal, uh, whatever YouTube. streaming service you're on. And I went, yes, finally, I can listen to all my favorite songs. And my favorite song is actually the first track, Last Dinosaur. The song that plays every time they're transitioning to a new episode. Yeah, that one. And it only has the first 26 seconds. In the album. And I'm going, wow. what? How dare they? <laughs> Wait, the first dinosaur? Uh- At least it has Ride on Shooting Star and my second favorite track uh, off it, Hybrid Rainbow. Hybrid Rainbow is my, well, probably my second favorite track off the, off the Fully Cooly soundtrack. It's the one where um, Conti, the robot, he flies up in a, uh, in a Jesus Christ pose. And uh, like an angel and, and everything. Just like that cool, like amazing, yeah. like, beautiful spin animation. Like, the animation was so great. That? And mm. yeah, I, if I can't you, believe it's two thousand, bro. Yeah, if you Sorry. enjoyed the soundtrack here, I definitely uh, consider definitely consider checking out Weezer, specifically their album Pinkerton. I think that sounds the most fully coolly. Um, and also um, other stuff I love. The other thing is that, fun fact, the design of the dad in the show is actually based off of uh, Hideaki Anno, the director oh. of uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. So, Oh, yeah, that yeah. Effed. And because he's a, you know, he's like That's a stereotypical it. overaged anime fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my yeah. goodness. One of my favorite songs uh, from... Uh, from FLCO, a brand new love song. Ooh. Is it on the soundtrack? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is on here. Yeah, so yeah. definitely check out the album. It plays. If you actually want of a recording of Last Dinosaur, the be- the one that's on Spotify is on the album Full Uncool Generation, which I think is the soundtrack for Fully Cooly Progressive, I think. Which is the sequel series, which is garbage. Garbage. It smells Did like Did you actually watch poo. it? And, I think uh, I, I gave it like a bit of a look. I watched like two episodes and I was done. Yep. Um, yeah. Um, Our production IG really dropped the ball. Sorry. But, <laughs> yeah. What the hell was that? So, yeah. 
I'm so happy you enjoyed it. Um, yeah. I want it on DVD. All and, it took was me uh, bashing my head into the wall 20 times, and I was finally like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to right. get over. Yeah. I guess I'll have to watch it now. Yeah, you One do. Day. You do. Dude, I'm, when some, I'm on a some day, some you. year, some month, uh, some decade, I'll eventually watch it. Probably. Oh, it's got to be this podcast. decade. You got to watch it this decade. This, yeah, yeah, this dude, at least the, this decade. We're all going to die to the Backstreet Boys, so at least watch it now. Yep. <laughs> so I'm going to make some uh, real quick mid-episode... Uh, So uh, I mentioned this earlier. If you're curious about how uh, grade grades uh, in Japan, like elementary school and stuff, work, you can look it <laughs> up on Wikipedia. Okay, but for real, I'll I'll go over the the very basics. Uh, just okay, based outline. on the Wikipedia page. So elementary school oh God, is compulsory; they have to go to school, and that's grades one through six. Then they have ba- basically junior high, but it's called lower secondary school which has its own grades one, two, and three. So that's basically up to ninth grade, which is also compulsory. But then there's senior high school or upper secondary school, which is, has its own grades one, two, and three, but it's not compulsory, interestingly. And then after that, there's huh. university and a whole bunch of other complicated stuff. There's university, there's advanced university, then there's supreme university. I mean, well, like, that's, that's where the graph really or the the table really stretches out where it's like college of technology community college medical school veterinary school dentistry school pharmaceutical oh school national defense medical college national academy <laughs> and then you yeah. get even national further Asthma's- graduate school masters national academy masters medical school phd all the different phds and whatnot yeah. college of technology degree I don't know what the College of Technology is, but apparently you can take it instead of secondary high school. Oh, cool. It has its own Wikipedia page. That, that's something to get into <laughs> for another time. But anyway, that's yeah, the yeah, end okay. of mid-episode corrections and updates. Okay. Yeah. So that was, yeah, and that was the end of our FLCL rant after that, of course, too. You know what time it is. Cream, what time is it? What time is it? Uh, it's time for me to get my mouse working. There we go. What time is it? It's game time. All right. Scott Pilgrim versus the we- world. The game. Also news is a new game that just came out that Kareem's been playing. Kareem, <laughs> no, tell us about it right now. <laughs> Mike, to you. That's very much not at all. It's not a case. new game at all. But anyway, we have a lot of games to talk about because I forgot to talk about a few games last week. But yeah, yeah let's get started you- with Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World actually came out uh, a while ago. I don't remember when, but it was delisted in 2014. I think it came out at the same time as the movie. Wait, really? Yeah, because uh, there's a review of it from August 2010. Wow. Did you just say the movie's really good? The movie is really good. Wait, That's something really we'll have to talk about sometime. I'm going to have to see the movie Wait, eventually. Which, which ending do you guys like? Excuse me? The ending, the Scott Pilgrim movie, if you watched it. Um, I've only read There's the two comics. Endings. Okay. And it, the game came out 2010. Well, yes, August 10th, 2010. Wasn't the, so it did come out at the same time as the movie. Wasn't okay. the ending of the comics not finished yet? 
yeah the movie or the movie the, the comics weren't the comics weren't done when the movie came out yeah so, you so can't the, get ending, that the endings are different about the endings being mm-hmm. different it's like full metal alchemist on how the original the ending no, at all but that was exactly that was good like except the, they were the also ending. closely working with the creator so he was he was involved in both of the different endings that's good which is pretty I, I, interesting this, the second ending when he got was um Ro- ramona sorry spoiler it, I don't like that one compared to the first ending. It was so much better when they had it off where he got away with... I forgot her name already. Oh my goodness, I'm so good. Knives? Knives is best girl, yeah, yes. obviously. But that's a little bit of a creepy Last relationship because he's 20 or 3 and she's 17. That's a right? really weird way to say kid by the end. He's 23. <laughs> that's a predator. Knives is best. Um, and you guys support FLC. Oh my Scott. goodness. Uh, how come you keep mispronouncing? How come you keep mispronouncing Kim? What the heck, guys? I, I think this just <laughs> makes it blatantly obvious what everyone's type is. Okay. Kim. Uh, anyway, the game. Um. So it's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty. Russian. It's good. <laughs> it's good. Onion and I actually played through the game uh, a couple days ago. It's yeah. it's really fun. It's a oh. side scroller uh, beat 'em up in the style of an old arcade game. It's got a lot sense. of really neat little details that you can see in the background, like the the very first shop you can come across in the game is a movie store, and you can't actually buy anything immediately because there are five hundred and four dollars in Scott's late fees that you have to pay first before you can actually buy anything. That's great. <laughs> I like that. That's there's a nice a little. Of, there's a lot of cool right details there. in there. Um. Yeah. Nice we thought it was good. Um, it's a shame that it's not listed anymore. Copyrights. But um, yeah. mm. I guess my biggest problem with the game is more is both a positive and a negative. The mm. art is incredible. It's so good. Yeah. The art. The well, Brian Lee O'Malley is a great artist, and um, however, I sort of feel like the art is too good. It's it almost becomes distracting at points. Everything is so animated and so well done that you're going, oh, what can I interact with? What can't? What can't I? And it's like, there's some moments where I kept going, ooh, look, look at all these fancy effects. The animations, everyone has Moist. jiggle physics. Voice <laughs> meter rising. Like, and I'm going, it's, it's, it looks very pretty, almost a bit too pretty. So it's ridiculously well animated. I didn't yeah. personally have the problem of being like, not what can I coming. interact with and not uh, based on how much detail there is and uh, the attention they paid to Brian Lee O'Malley's specific style. But I've also played the game more than a few times. So, yeah, mm. I only got to play it one day and it was I did enjoy my time with it. I can understand why so many people want it back. And apparently Ubisoft, has, Ubisoft and Brian Lee O'Malley have actu- were actually in talks to possibly re-release it. And yeah. that, would be, that would be really cool if I can get it on like PC or the Switch or something like that. Mod the heck out of I, it. I'm really <laughs> um, hoping it comes back because uh, I know Brian Lee O'Malley for a, a while now has been talking about wanting to bring the Scott Pilgrim game back. But yeah. it wasn't until there was one tweet May 20th of this year, where he was like, bring back the Scott Pilgrim game, which was nothing See? new for him. But yeah. this time, See, I told you, the, the official Ubisoft trending. account replies with a thinking emoji. 
And then yeah. just recently, uh, as he was tweeting out on the 10th anniversary of Scott Pilgrim, uh, the movie, I believe, he, he mentioned that Ubisoft had reached out to him, which is, yeah. oh. I'm hoping it means they bring the game back because I, I want to play this on PC and hopefully it will have like a million mods or something. That's maybe yeah. getting my hopes up too high, but it's as a far fun as- time. Yeah, as far as beat-em-ups go, I'm honestly more of a Castle Crashers guy, but um, this game's really good. So, yeah, bring it back. We want it back on PC. We need it. We need this sickness. And Switch, and PS4, and Xbox, and (laughs) And everything. And iPads. Yeah. iPads, (laughs) iPhones. And refrigerators, and calculators, and (laughs) MS-DOS. Um... (laughs) But, can we just yeah. can we just port this like crazy? Like people do that with Doom. Can we do that with the Scott Pilgrim game? Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> It'll be the new Doom. <laughs> the new Doom. But, but then how are you gonna yeah. keep those amazing jizzle, jiggle physics, man? It, it, is, it is really interesting how there's calculator. literally jiggle physics for everyone. <laughs> it's it's kind of a bit it's, it's a bit it's a bit humorous. You anyway, see his legs? It, it, it's kind of, it's definitely humorous. It's yeah. it's over the top. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We got more games to talk about. Oh, yep. Do you? So let's go with uh, another one that uh, Onion has been Onion has been playing through the Mario sixty four PC port, and why Nintendo (laughs) refuses to take your money. Yeah, Nintendo is such a consumer friendly company. They deliberately make you make ways for you to not give them money. They're the anti EA. (laughs) But um, (gasps) yes. Anyway, so Mario sixty four, the PC port. Um. I was it's really impressive. And the fact that some dude somewhere decided to recreate the entire game, reverse engineer it in C and then distribute wow. it for everyone, which then Nintendo promptly decided to shut down, but you can't shut down things when it's on the internet. So Wait, I managed I managed to find a copy of the PC port on some some Reddit post. And it was the source code and I had to build it myself, so had to run it through a C compiler, which then it okay. came, which then it birthed out a little PC port of Mario 64. And it's so That's good. That's a really so strange way of describing that process. You birthed out. <laughs> yeah. Had to like incubate push, it. Push, computer, push. And then I push it through my mind. Push that code through that compiler. Had to incubate the game, and then boom, has little little baby <laughs> PC port, which then it'll mature once you install mods in it. So. <laughs> So it then, when out you of an like, egg, but you've got to you've got to care for it with different mods. Yeah, yeah. you have to send it off to as college. it grows and matures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, it's, it's the next Chow Garden. Yeah, <laughs> but with a full game instead yeah. of just a little pet. <laughs> yeah, so Mario then the, like starts off as a baby. It's like Yoshi so the mods. I, so the mods Sorry. I installed in there were uh, Render ninety six, which gives you the silicon graphics style. Uh, models, which they're they're essentially Gorgeous HD mod. models, but they're more accurate for Nintendo 64. And it also installs HD textures. So, the game looks great, and it runs at 60 frames per second. And it runs at modern resolutions. I ran it at 1440p. And, um, I guess, it's impressive. Only thing is that it's not perfect. It's not a perfect one-to-one recreation, specifically when it comes to collision detection. So, you can, there are many points where I was hanging off a ledge and then Mario would just spaz out in place until he grabbed the ledge. 
And then the mm. other times were wall jumping. This one actually is a big uh, offense against the game. So the thing that happens is that when Wait, you try to wall jump, wall jumping you end up bouncing offense? off of it first, which then you have to wall jump. Whereas in the original Mario 64, you jump and then you slide down where then you can wall jump. So you can wall jump really anywhere. So that's something that didn't really translate well. Apparently it's a bug they're trying to fix, but eh, it's a little annoying. But yeah, the PC port, if you can find it, it's really good. And ironically, I started playing this right when Nintendo announced that they're going to be releasing HD remasters of um, Mario 64, Sunshine, and Mario Galaxy 1. Not two. One. Just this first one. And the reason why I'm saying Nintendo Nintendo doesn't want my money is because um, apparently this version of Mario 64 isn't, isn't going to be out forever. It's only going to be out from this month until March. And that is a little uh, poopy. It's not very good. <laughs> so it's for some reason, Nintendo has this whole like Disney vault thing going where it's like, Ooh, you can grab our classic titles all at only for a limited time. And I'm going, look guys, I don't like emulation anyway. So I want to give you money to play these old games, please just release them in HD. <laughs> it doesn't have to be no. fancy. It doesn't have to have like extra modes or something. Just release them in HD. It's like, not hey only guys. is this the most basic of ports, but you can't even get it for that long. It's yeah, and, silly. and it, refills, it fulfills the criteria. It's an upscaled HD version of Mario 64. Well, HD with big air quotes because it still runs in 4x3. <laughs> and uh, that's a little sad because the PC port yeah. runs at 16x9. <laughs> and that's uh, like, come, come on, Nintendo. Nintendo. Come on, Nintendo. <laughs> Apparently, the reason why is because there are some, the game was built to be run at 4x3. And there are some like clipping issues if you run it at 16 by 9 which I did see in the port. But hmm. it's a small price to pay, honestly. It's such a small price hmm. to pay just to run at full resolution instead of it running at 4x3. I played original Mario 64 in 4x3. <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a little, I mean, I'm happy these ports are coming. And um, apparently right now it's the second most profitable game on amazon next Dang. to uh huh. animal crossing and and mario kart 8 so then yeah i'm happy these ports are coming it's just nintendo really just hates money i don't get it they're a company they're there's the, the richest company in japan and they hate money <laughs> Well, I don't, I I don't the, know. They don't need more you, money. EA, EA and Activision, they can't get enough of money. They make ways for you to force, <laughs> they forcibly take your money. Whereas That's Nintendo, the they can get they're so anymore. afraid of money. <laughs> they, it's, they're practically <laughs> like, uh, I don't get it. How can a company be afraid of sometimes. money? But yeah, rant over. I can't, Mario 64, yeah. PC port, it's really cool. That's the most... Reverse rants I ever heard. Why are you afraid of money? We, I want you to take my money. I'm throwing money at you. Yeah. Freaking burning it in a pit of fire. Take my money. It's as it's if like, Nintendo what? has is like surrounds themselves in like a plexiglass box. Not Guys, only so they is... won't get the virus, but also because they won't be able to accept your money. <laughs> this is the man who will legit slander 
EA and Ubisoft for microtransactions, yet he wants <laughs> Nintendo to steal his money from him, practically. Yeah, if they're if if, if it's <laughs> for good reason. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I love just- the. I love all the memes that are like Crash, the old version, and then the remastered version. Spyro, old version, remastered version. Final Fantasy VII, old version, remastered version. Mario sixty four, and it's just the same picture twice. Well, I mean, nice. this is the literal definition of a remaster. It's basically the same exact game, just upscaled or mm-hmm. uh, brought into HD resolutions. Whereas those ones were remakes. Yeah. Um, Redisaster. That's what I call it. Yeah. Rant over. Um, we have more games to talk about. <laughs> okay. <sighs> Lightning round. I mentioned a couple episodes ago that it had recently been Hyperdimension Neptunia's 10th anniversary. So I went ahead and played the first, the remake of the first game, which I had in my Steam library, but had never completed. And now I've completed it. It's, it's very much for the very fourth wall, heavy comedy. They're the four anime girls that literally represent four consoles. And just to make it so that the real console wars don't upset everyone so much, the the main protagonist is actually based on a console that never existed. The planned Sega Neptune before the Saturn and Dreamcast <laughs> just absolutely bombed. <laughs> I like and that. they this rule over a out. land that's literally called game industry. So if you have a... <laughs> it's also turn-based jrpg so if you like turn-based jrpgs Mm. and you have a higher than average tolerance for cute anime girls with uh very heavy fourth wall humor then i would say check it out it it wasn't a bad time it wasn't a terrible time i completed it through and that says something i guess this was the one um game that i actually watched you play someone right but yes um cream and i i realized that discord could actually screen share but have audio towards the screen sharing which i don't know why i didn't realize this was a feature of discord that you can actually hear the audio but now since i found this out whenever i see that like cream is playing a video game i'm like i want to watch and i just wind up (laughs) in call being like Hello, I'm watching. So I saw some of this game. And the anime girls are very cute. Side note. Side note. They look very, <laughs> they they look very, very over-designed. Mm, uh, they like definitely it. be over-designed in some overdone. people's opinions. But I, I don't think it's too much of an over-design. It's not to the point of like... Uh, what's it? Sega Hard Girls. Whoever's supposed to represent the Sega Saturn. She she's over designed, and she's got like the two different eye colors that really makes it kind of wonky. I, mean, I don't think any of any of the Neptunia characters that I have seen in the first game have that problem. I didn't what see a- anything that bothered me. Like usually, if there's an art style that bothers me, I'll say something. But that one, it kind of just like felt, you know, basic anime. You know what I mean? <laughs> Very yeah. much anime girl. It yeah. didn't look like it was like, oh my gosh, what is this art style? This is too much. Like I was like, ah, anime girls. Yeah, I'm the guy who likes Kingdom we Hearts, culture. so I guess I don't really have an argument. <laughs> Wait, I was about to say, like, Kingdom Hearts is great over-designing? too. Kingdom Hearts, that is over-designed. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, 
that is very overdesigned. But yeah, yeah. Um, you like my new black suit? If you are going oh, to try gosh, it out, I, I would say you're gonna need a higher than average tolerance for the the cute anime girl style. Like if you ever watch cute anime girl shows, this is no Kaon or Haruhi. This is I won't I, I won't say it's completely bottom tier, <laughs> especially because I don't have that much experience with different shows, as you may know. Yeah. But it's it's mm. no masterpiece. <laughs> it's it's not, like not Hearts, meant right? to be. It is just it, supposed to be a fun time with a very specific style of humor. Could it be like the fact that I've watched just like a lot of anime to the point where I was like the style didn't bother me at all? If I've been just could be immune, you have been nullified. I, I wouldn't <laughs> say it, it really bothered me, but I'd say if you. If you look at the store page, if you watch the the trailer for it, and you're like, "Nah, this isn't for me," it's probably not for you. <laughs> that ain't it, chief. It's not, that ain't it. It's not so, something that's gonna wow people who don't uh, who who are turned off at it at first glance. I'd say. Mm. But I did complete it, so that's saying something, especially because I'm not a not much of a turn based guy. Yeah, because you're a weeboo who likes overdesigned mm. girls. Okay. I don't. I don't even watch it. Anime. <laughs> I wouldn't say he's a weeb. Like, I'm gonna I be literally honest. Have not, Cream is I probably have not the least one. I have not regularly watched anime for half a decade. Honestly, anyway, but the anime art style was, is very cool. I do like it. I, I I'm just kidding. By the way, just kidding. Please don't. Anyway, this is supposed to be rapid fire. Let, okay, let's move on to the next one. Titanfall Two. I have played through this twice actually because it's not a full. 20 hour RPG. Oh. It's, uh, so I played it the first time before l we recorded last episode. But after the last episode, I was talking about it and I was like, I feel like it was really short. So then I went and beat it again that evening. It's just, it's like just under four hours. It's, it's very short, but it's very tightly designed. And it's what, what you get is really fun. I just wish there was more of it. That's the best I compliment you could give it. Yeah, I really wish there was more of it. The, the characters were v very fun. Uh, some of them are generic military because that's the setting. But I really love BT. He's got a great personality. There's some funny, funny things in like the loading screens where you'll see a, like a log of BT's activity. Like at one point he gets grabbed by a mechanical arm and he's being dragged down and you got to chase after him. And on the loading screen to the next area, it's like, uh, wow. and he also mentioned earlier that it was supposed to be a shortcut. So it says reevaluate definition of shortcut. <laughs> I, I love little details like that. The, the characters are, can be really fun at times. And it's a really fun, fluid movement style. Yeah. Running on what walls, double jumping, all that sort of stuff. Is your protagonist still like the silent, like, uh, first person like input like anything you want and press anything you want upon like pro tag uh no he's he's got his own personality but you can sort of choose between two so basically there's occasional parts in dialogue where you'll get a prompt to press x or v uh as a response to like something bt says and one of them will be funny and sarcastic and one of them will be a more dry military guy yeah. If you want to be that sort of player. Yeah. Be the funny guy, honestly. Yeah. Be Man, the funny guy. my engine just blew all There's over so me. Many, there response. are so many little gems in <laughs> this game. Oil. Yeah. Other response, you should go wash up. 
What did you think of the movement? The That's movement weird. was under, really fun. It's I wouldn't say it's any uh mirror's edge in terms of like fluidity and stuff, but you you can mm. you can get a lot out of jumping jumping back and forth on walls. It's really fast paced, which I really like. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. All right. That's about all I have to say on it. Really cool. Awesome. I hope to try out the multiplayer uh a couple times before I uninstall it. I just wish there was more. Cool. It's like Portal. That's a, yeah. It it is it is sort of like Portal. Although the ending kind of caught me off guard. I was like, "Whoa, that's it." The first time at least. <laughs> just a sudden. But maybe it's just cuz I was expecting it to be longer. Okay. Do we have cool enough game. time for a story? Would time? recommend it if uh you're looking for quality over quantity. Yeah. Exactly. Go check it out. Titanfall 2. It's, Titanfall 1 was a flop. Titanfall 2 was duh. a bigger flop. But it's having a bit no, of it was, a... It was good. It's having a bit of a revival on the PC. Yeah, it was a huge was- flop monetarily because it was released like right in between uh, Call of Duty and Battlefield because EA really wanted to combine the numbers for their franchises to be like, oh, look, we beat Call of Duty. But it completely killed Titanfall 2 despite being the way better game than either of the... The, either Two. the Battlefield or Call of Duty that came out that year. I think it was... What, what, what Call of Duty was it? I forgot what Call of Duty came out, but... Uh, Mar- uh, I can't remember War, exactly War, which War? one. World War... World at War or no. Call... Yeah. It had to be. It was 2016. 2016. Oh, 2016? Yeah. yeah. Back. Called Black Ops 3? Black I think Ops it was Black 4? Ops 3. I think it was Black Ops 3. Yeah. I think Black so. Ops 3. Black Ops 3 was okay. No, Black Ops... Whatever. Okay, it's fine. It, it was definitely a big one, because Black Ops 2 was really popular. Black Ops 2 that's was why great. they made that really stupid Black Ops 2 was amazing. Black Ops 2 was like... Fall, right eh. smack in the middle of them. Yeah. I played Black Ops 3 for the split screen. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's my rapid-fire reviews of uh, Hyperdimension, Neptunia, Rebirth 1, and Titanfall 2. All right. Bang, good. bang, bang! All right, I guess we'll move on to... So... There's a really cool video that Tom Scott released just today as as of this recording about uh, what was it? how many votes? It was like one million two hundred four thousand nine hundred and eighty six votes to decide what is the best thing. And he goes into detail as to how he sorted out the, the list using like the, the Wikidata database and filtering that down to stuff that people could reasonably know uh, and filtering out obviously horrible stuff and then going to his uh fan base and using that to determine what is the what is the best thing and he goes over he's like obviously there's going to be a big bias here based on who his audience is and who checks out his uh social media but it was it was really cool and really interesting and there were a couple funny results Uh, i won't spoil number one well, go watch the nope, video yeah. for that. You have, yeah, it's, yeah, go watch uh, yourself. What, it's, what is the, like, one, whatever, however many, however many votes I said before, and what is the best thing. But also, let's, before we close for today, let's really quickly talk about music. Bring out the air oh. trumpet real quick. Music. Music. Okay, there you go. There's your music transition. So, um... In uh, in Onion's quest to get to get into literally every genre Ooh, of music, Onion quest. 
um, there were a couple genres that I wanted to get into. One of them being Vocaloid. Others being things like K-pop. And <laughs> eventually I'll get into K-pop. But um, One day. One day. Anyway, anyway, Vocaloid. So, Vocaloid is a genre that is particularly close to My Little Cousin and to Cream. So, yes. um, it's Cream's existence. I had to go in. So then I found a video that basically was the ins and outs of Vocaloid talking about how to use the software, albums to check out, and what exactly it is. I knew exactly what Vocaloid was. I just didn't know who were the key artists and uh, what albums I'm, I should check out. Because I'm not a playlist guy. I'm an albums guy. <laughs> I listen mm-hmm. to albums because I'm a... I'm, I want to be Anthony Fantano, but, um, quick note. That's a, it's a really cool video. Check it out. It's by Joe's cafe. That's right. I forgot his name for a second there, but, um, so I decided to check out a little bit of Supercell's, um, debut album, mostly produced by one Rio and an EP by 23.exe. He's a, uh, uh, he's another Japanese Vocaloid artist. The EP is called Lime, and it has a big picture of like a origami Hatsune Miku on it. And Hatsune Miku, being the face of Vocaloid as a genre, was pro- was um, pretty much the only Vocaloid that I was listening to the whole time. So I listened to on the on twenty three exe EP. I listened to uh, the second track, Why Why. Which, um, why, why? yeah, that was all over YouTube on my recommendations. And when I listen to it, it's like really bubbly, really happy J-pop. And you get to hear of Hatsune course. Miku do like a faux rap. And <laughs> it's really interesting. It's really interesting sounding. Like I'm like, I'm not like bewildered going, Hatsune Miku's rapping? What? I'm more going like, how did they do that? What notes did they have to choose? How did they do the programming? Because I'm going like into a analytical music production mind and yeah. and obviously on the supercell album which isn't available on spotify mm, it's available mm-hmm. on itunes though um <laughs> rip yeah it's available on itunes so Rest then i obviously listened to uh world is mine which that's like the the vocaloid song and oh, yeah. for good yeah. reason it's actually really fun and uh, is the lyrics yeah. not fun you ever have to i like the little uh <laughs> and stuff like the Michael Jackson stuff that uh, yeah. Miku does on the, on the track. Yeah, I go, I wonder, how do they do that? Again. And the guitar works really fine. It's really dissonant sounding. Like, almost reminds me of, like, Dillinger Escape Plan, which they're a, uh, they're a New Jersey uh, math rock, math core band. And uh, oh, they yeah, use a lot of now. scronky guitar chords and stuff. So, like, the main riff, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, that stuff. The, the chord shapes are actually like really dissonant sounding and it makes it really fun and creative. So, and it's obviously really catchy. And then I also listened to, um, it was the final track that Rio made that was basically his criticism on the Vocaloid scene in general. Um, I forgot what it was called, but that one also sounded really good. It almost kind of sounded like an anime opening, but it's, Again, like when if you read the lyricism, read the lyrics. It's basically uh, Miku talking about how uh, we we did we had a good run. You and Rio, we uh, 
we uh, we changed the scape face of electronic music and J-pop, and now we don't know what to do. And yeah, that's a really fun and really touching song. And once I was reading the YouTube comments, I was going, my goodness, I I was really out of it in terms of like the scene and whatnot because apparently it's been that was like almost like the end of Vocaloid in the mainstream even though it's sort of popping up again here and there because of a lot of avant-garde pop, like 100 yeah. Gex and stuff becoming popular. But avant-garde pop? I feel, I feel like um, Vocaloid was probably the most popular to me around like 2010. Yeah. Um, and I just say this because like Vocaloid is very nostalgic towards me because mm-hmm. I listened and like I watched a lot of Vocaloid. It was the during the time where... Um, what was the thing on DS's where they did the animation? Flipnote. Wait, what? Flipnote Studio. Flipnote Studios yeah. had it, all these people animated Vocaloid songs to Flipnote. Flipnote. And it oh, was insane. Goodness, I remember that. I, re- I and remember. It was super popular. Yeah, and all I would guy. do was watch. <laughs> Vocaloid songs animated with my one good friend, and then we would listen to Vocaloid. So I feel like Vocaloid has a very like nostalgic <laughs> feeling towards me, and oh, yeah. I think I was playing, I was watching play um, Project Diva, and I was literally just like, "Wow, I think he could probably see me become extremely nostalgic." Well, I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh my goodness, it's this song!" Me just excited to listen to the song "Just Be Friends," um, <laughs> which. I hope. Onion. Have you heard that song or no? I haven't listened to it, unfortunately. There's a lot of Vocaloid single songs that I'd probably have you listen to that are like that I see as the big ones from like 2010. But I might just show those to you and be like, here they are. There, I listen to a lot of Rin and Len. Hmm. You're right. Okay. What? Those are the oh, Vocaloids sorry. or the artists? Well, the Vocaloids, Rin and Len. Vocaloid. A lot of Rin and Len. Rin and songs. Len. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. The two tiny miners. Yeah, the tiny, the tiny ones with the yellow hair. That they actually, I found out, aren't related. It's very confusing. Yep. I thought they were. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. Like, I'm not into the, not. like, the whole other thing with Vocaloid is that I need to get into the lore. The lore is <laughs> kind of insane with Vocaloid, like, with the music. Yeah, ridiculous. That's why I say you should watch some of the music videos that people animate because it gets mm-hmm. crazy with the lyrics. Yeah, it's oh, all I dude. used to do as a child. Mm-hmm. The lore can be very my aunt, interesting. My sister tried to explain Vocaloid yeah. to me like all the time as a young kid. It was the most confusing shit. I didn't know what <laughs> she was trying to say. She's like, "Oh, so this, so Ren, like, she showed me this Ren Len song, where like all I remember is that like it's supposed to be a darker song, and like there are orphans running away, song? and it's the oh. beginning of them. Like that's this, yeah, it's the beginning. I don't know what it was called. It was like Tokyo something, Tokyo Teddy Bear." Mm. Tokyo Teddy Bear. And, yeah, that's it. And she was just explaining it and be like, all right, so the orphan ran away. Then, like, uh, she got eye cut out and, like, shit started happening. She saw, like, the fourth wall side. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it's literally how it, it'd be like that. <laughs> yeah. Satan came through. I'm like, what? What? Whoa, 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 hold on. Slow down. Where did Satan come from? He's like, oh, yeah, the teddy bear. Do you not know that? Jeez, you're idiot. Like, I just told you that. I'm like, <laughs> Cream. Yeah, it what can is- it can definitely be really interesting because the the Vocaloids are software, so they're purposefully kept ambiguous so that the artists can do whatever they want with them. So all oh the goodness. lore, all that interesting stuff is just coming from all these 
different diverse artists and i think that's what makes it really cool cream what was the one song where like so cool rin was a android and then len created uh her. kokoro what a good backstory. that one's good kokoro that one's really good that one's that's very good that's a bob it's really yeah. sad that is a sad one was it really yeah so mm-hmm. i'm on a <laughs> i will definitely listen to those because i'm on a journey i'm gonna keep going i'm gonna keep listening to vocaloid because this is a genre that i feel like i walked into a party and it's completely empty except for a couple of like fingerprints and clues. I've tried to yeah. piece together the whole seed. <laughs> so that I mean, Onion, you just should have been there when we were ten. Where have you been? Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I was the out. Scene so- is certainly I was- still alive, but it's the old guard that all of us remember is is long gone. Yeah, yeah. like I was during that time when vo- moved on. When Vocaloid was popular, I was listening to Skrillex and Muse. That was it. <laughs> and then... And they're awesome. And now that I've gotten into like oh, yeah. metal music and whatnot, I'm trying to go, I need to expand my horizons. Um, so then I'm going, Vocaloid, let's go with that. <laughs> and I realized that I, there was an entire era that completely passed me by. So... Can- I'm gonna Can try I to. Also, I'm gonna try to get into it. I'm gonna try to Can get I also into it. Bring up you got the it. fact that there was also a lot of animations of Vocaloid characters in non-Vocaloid songs. Yeah, the like, covers. No, no, not even a cover. <laughs> I mean, like AMVs. Like someone just straight up animated. I know this because I cannot like hear the song "Vanilla Twilight." By Owl City, and not think of a Rin and Len animation of it. <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, it's so sad!" Like, oh my god, it's Rin and Len animation of it. Like, they were no, that literally sounds like some early 2010s. Stuff yeah, like early the, 2010s. Like, the Vocaloid like craze was so animation. insane yeah. that they would animate like animated music videos with not even involving like the vocaloid noise it's not being a cover these characters the lord they're just there mm. <laughs> the lore is, is really weird <laughs> so weird it's so deep um i mean i might go contact a, a good artists. friend of mine and be like hello which are can we talk about vocaloid <laughs> is the lore integral to the music because i'm interested no. in like i'm into the gorillas dude. lore and stuff like that oh, dude, but yes. it's it's nothing gorillas like the gorillas so lore lore the lore simply comes from each individual artist and their lyrics there's okay. yeah and their song unless yeah, so artists like, are like yeah. purposefully collaborating on the lore there's no crossover okay because it's just software I, I mean, just watch a bunch of fan animations. You'll get it. Okay. Just, just watch a bunch <sighs> of old 2010 Vocaloid animations with lyrics. There's a there's a Miku AMV of fi- with uh, fireflies over it by uh. This is uh, what I mean. <laughs> they, it, I, I guess I mean. Owl City was big then. At the same time, maybe that's yeah, why was. there's all this animation for Owl City, but they like convened at the same time. <laughs> Vocaloid oh, also has so much meme meme culture, and it's great. Gosh. Mm. The mm. other thing is that Dorime. Recently, the the Corona, Corona, Corona. Mm. Of a corona. Uh, the the Bakamitai cover. That's hilarious. 
Wait, Domino's dame, Pizza. Dame. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> dame yo, dame dame yo. Atsune Miku <laughs> tried to get into Domino's and that was hilarious. <laughs> Domino's Pizza with oh, Atsune Miku. Movie. Like the lore for Vocaloid is just insane. <laughs> Dude, is that a like victory legit. for Vocaloid, or is that the thing that killed um, it? <laughs> I think it's a victory. They got into Domino's Pizza. They infiltrated them. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Domino's Pizza <laughs> featuring Hatsune Miku. Have Speaking you heard of, of crossovers. He's a pizza. Speaking of crossovers. Hi, I'm Scott you. Olkers, president of Domino's Pizza. Have you heard of Hatsune Miku? <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, that is a classic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, Hatsune Miku was supposed to debut in America in, Coach- in Ch- Coachella this year, but then um, the end Correct. of the world the happened. And, were like, nah, and we then, place. yeah, and then the so, virus decided to go, mm-hmm. nah, it's Corona Cella. Rip, and then the Backstreet Boys played instead. Yes. They're like, everybody. And they're like, no one there. <laughs> yeah, Vocaloid. Everybody trying to get into go it now. Home because of Corona. That's my favorite get Backstreet Boys song. Wear a fucking mask. That's for man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Vocaloid okay. is really cool. I'm, I'm sure we've talked about it before. We'll probably talk about it again. But yep. before yeah. we end I off, know, you can't like avoid to, it. I can't, you guys, can't no, avoid it. Like, I like I went to Wikipedia just like not even like two minutes ago and like trying to understand the lore. <laughs> just trying to understand the, the lore. It's, yeah, it's like legit being on acid, but it's like not enough. So sticking a fucking full joint up my ass, like that's what it looks Goodness. like. I felt like I was looking at. Uh, yeah, very visceral. There's also the lore of the games. I didn't even consider that. That's an that's an entirely separate thing. But yeah, uh, again, I'm just gonna be like showing you all this lore for Vocaloid and finding it. <laughs> My god. <laughs> oh, you, I was like, didn't even know you were listening to Vocaloid, and if I had known I would have been, like, showing you already. I'm wearing headphones all the time, and most of the time right now, it's either, um, it's either Craftwork, or, um, probably some Grind stuff, and Vocaloid. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. We should probably end it here, honestly. I'll, I'll Maddie unreleased a the... secret EP too. Yeah, that's really cool. I'll talk about it really quickly. So what was that? Okay. There is there Guys, is an you... ARG from uh, artist Maddion, who's pretty awesome. Guys, and I'm sorry, a, did you hear a... that? What? No. Did, did, you, did you? What the? Is that? Oh my god! It's the vocal effect. The... Oh no, they got him! They got him. They came from 2010. They they time traveled all the way from 2010 just to attack it. I can't believe this. He's not into Vocaloid, that's why! I was spared! (laughs) Welcome to the Cream and Onion podcast. Um, We're gonna really quickly talk about the secret Marion EP. (laughs) Ignore the... Ignore the screams of pain Agony. and suffering in the background. So there's the, there's a really cool uh, explanation on the the whole ARG that you can find on the Madion uh, subreddit. But basically, there there is this whole ARG for a secret EP that he had made in 
One Day in 2017. He's mentioned a few times before that he makes One Day EPs just as like a creative exercise. So it's only like 15 minutes long, but it's really cool. It's from a, when he was at a dark time. I know both him and Porter Robinson were at a dark time at that point where they, they didn't feel like they could top their, their albums because their, their debut albums had been so huge. And I don't think I could ever fully understand that. But despite him feeling nothing for music at the time, he decided to do the creative exercise, and this is the EP that resulted from that. And after the whole ARG, it ended in basically a secret vinyl, and there were a hundred made. And of course, there are now rips on the internet. Uh, I think what's really cool is someone talked to him about it. This was also from the Maddion subreddit, but they had messaged him, and Maddion said the real ending to him is not the vinyl, it's the rip that people will make so everybody gets to share it. He doesn't think the the vinyl's all that important and he doesn't want people to feel excluded because they couldn't get it because there are a lot of people who are working together to solve the whole ARG because it was really deep and complicated. But mm. he thinks it's the, the art, the story, and memory that's substantial and the the little things, like there was a whole paper craft puzzle that you had to put together as part of that, and having stuff like that that exists in the real world, uh, even if not everyone has them, is, is really cool. Two examples he gave were he loves knowing the existence of the, the Frank Ocean Blonde vinyl or the Black Lotus Magic card. Uh, it's all, in the end, it's all just cardboard and plastic, but they're kind of magical. And I think that's that's a really cool thing. Mm. And I'd recommend going, giving it a listen. You can find it on YouTube. It's 12-12-2017 uh, EP. Cool. It's, it's got spooky grooves, cool arpeggios, cool driving basses, spooky, mysterious vibes. And I, I, I think the last track is a really cool way to end off the whole spooky. Yeah, I recommend, mm. recommend giving it a listen. And that's pretty much all we have for this week. Okay. Thanks for listening. We, we gotta go on a mission. We gotta go save um, Sour from all the Vocaloid fans, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll be right back. So yeah, we'll just um, go ahead and march off into the distance as... Uh, I wonder how far they've gotten at this point. You, hold on. Is that them? I, I, shoot. I think they're driving on. Uh, oh. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Um, uh, I'm gonna go get the car, Jack. Um, I'll be back. <laughs>